Music for the quiet hours. It's just for you. Caution. Listening to the following program may cause drowsiness. May cause drowsiness. Do not drive or operate heavy machinery. This is Elevator Club. Hello, this is Gord Bibby, and I'd like to invite you to stay tuned for a very special edition of Elevator Club, the music of Les Reed. likely recognize these songs, but you may not be familiar with the man who composed them. Hello, this is Daniel Mocker. Leslie David Reed was a pianist, conductor, arranger, musical director, and highly successful composer, particularly in the 60s and 70s. Along with lyricists including Gordon Mills, Barry Mason, and Jeff Stevens, he composed countless songs, many of which ranked high on the pop charts as well as receiving prestigious awards and celebrated acclaim. Having been called up for national service, he played piano and clarinet in the Royal East Kent Military Band, and in 1959, he joined the John Barry Seven as their pianist on the BBC TV teenage series, Drumbeat. And yes, it was the same John Barry who would later compose memorable film scores such as Out of Africa, Dances with Wolves, and of course, the James Bond films. It was during his collaboration with John Barry that Les and wife June celebrated the birth of their daughter, Donna. Les was inspired to write Donna's Theme, which was recorded and released by the John Barry Seven in 1961. Elevator Club host Gord Bibby spoke with Donna about her dad's career from her office in Surrey, Southeast England, in February of 2022. It really is a pleasure and a privilege for me to be talking to you. I, oh, thank I, you. I, I think I mentioned in my notes to you that when I was living in Winnipeg, Manitoba, in a previous mm. lifetime, that's when most of your dad's big hits were released. And of course, I didn't know anything about your dad. And it's kind of interesting that when you search these songs, you get the artists but you seldom get any information on the composer, no. which I think is a bit of a slight to the people that actually created these songs. In any case, I didn't really know much about your dad, Tom Jones with It's Not Unusual, and Engelbert Humperdinck with The Last Waltz, which I absolutely right. loved. So it is a real pleasure to be talking to you and getting just a little bit closer to that person that brought so many smiles and enjoyment to people. Lovely, thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. What's it like to be immortalized with a song written by your dad? <laughs> it's wonderful.
Reed's talent for arranging and composing took flight in the mid-60s after arranging You've Got Your Troubles for the Fortunes in 1965. He wrote his first hit with Barry Mason for the Fortunes with Here It Comes Again. I see that girl go walking by I know a boy shouldn't cry Here it comes again That feeling, here it comes again When I see her look into his eyes No matter how I try same year, 1965, he composed Everybody Knows with lyricist Jimmy Duncan, which was released by Steve Lawrence with arrangement by Robert Mersey. Everybody knows that I feel blue Dreaming dreams that can't come true Everybody knows that I feel blue Everybody knows but you Each night I go out walking Down by our rendezvous I 
continued churning out tunes and wrote another song with the same title as his 1965 composition Everybody Knows, this time with lyricist Barry Mason for the Dave Clark Five, which rose to number two on the hit charts for them in 1967. Everybody knows you said goodbye 
your dad paired up with Barry Mason. Yes. And they had a 1967 hit with Everybody Knows by the Dave Clark Five. But I have to ask you, your dad also wrote a song, Everybody Knows, that was made popular by Steve Lawrence, but the melodies are different. Different songs. But the same title. Yes, <laughs> the same title. So the Dave Clark Five song was Everybody Knows We're Through. Steve Lawrence, Everybody Knows, but it was a, a different song earlier than the Dave Clark Five song. For an old guy like me, that's too confusing. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's very difficult to come up with so many different titles, isn't it? It is, And yes. so many different melodies, yeah. yeah. But they're both great. I certainly love both versions. Your dad wrote around 60 charting songs. The best known is, of course, It's Not Unusual, Delilah, The Last Waltz. His songs gained a number of gold discs and Ivor Novello awards. Uh, who was Ivor Novello? Novello was um, a, a very famous and prominent composer from many years ago. The Performing Rights Society, who collect all the, the royalties for radio plays, television performances, started a I think over 50 years ago, started to award songwriters with Ivan Novello awards for their songs, i.e., you know, most best-selling single of the year, you know, that sort of thing. In my office here, I have 10 Ivan Novello awards. I have a, a wall full of gold discs as well. So over the years, Dad, Dad received quite a few Ivers and gold discs for his work. Apparently, according to all music, that in the mid-60s, it was unusual for a British singles chart not to list a song written by your dad. I didn't realise when Petula Clark recorded Kiss Me Goodbye, Yes, she was held off the number one spot by Delilah, which was another song obviously written by dad. So um, I think that happened quite a few times in the 60s, quite a few in the, in the top 10, which is lovely. I'm so proud of that. Uh, you know, I love, love to hear that. In the mid-1960s, Les Reed began a successful songwriting partnership with Jeff Stevens, which yielded such hits as Tell Me When, a hit for the Applejacks, Leave a Little Love, for pop singer Lulu, and There's a Kind of Hush, a 1967 success for Herman's Hermits. Say the words and I'll be there 
Your dad's partnership with Jeff Stevens yielded such hits as Tell Me When, a hit for the Applejacks. Here it comes again for the fortunes. Leave a little love for Lulu. And of course, there's a kind of a hush that was a success for Herman's Hermits in 1967. That's right. And yeah. the Carpenters recorded it in the 70s, yes. Lovely song. It was, yes, it was a big, big song. And I think probably one of the best songs that, that Dad and Jeff wrote together. It's had lots and lots of covers and, you know, still played fairly regularly on the radio. It's, it's one of those that we're very proud of. I absolutely love your dad's instrumental arrangement of that too. Beautiful, yes. Yeah, yes, it's sort you. of a big band touch to it. I was just going through some of my library of your dad's tunes where he arranged other songs, and man, mm. he was a consummate arranger. Absolutely. Well, his, his arrangement of uh, Green Green Grass of Home was played constantly by Elvis Presley, and that was why he asked his publisher to introduce him to Dad, because he wanted Dad to write some songs for him on the strength of the arrangement that, that Dad had done for the Green Green Grass of Home for Tom Jones. That's a beautiful arrangement, I think. But yeah, he's, he's done, as you say, many, many, many arrangements. I don't know how he did it. <laughs> Here is Les Reed in his orchestra, and there's a kind of a hush.
I'd like you to tell a story about It's Not Unusual because it was originally offered, I understand, to Sandy Shaw. Dad had, um, had met the man that was to become Tom's manager, Gordon Mills, and they'd written a few songs together. Gordon asked him to, to go and see the, an artist that he'd just discovered and see what Dad thought of him because he was thinking of managing him. Dad went with Gordon and he was completely blown away. Anyway, at that time, Sandy Shaw's manager had asked Dad to write a follow-up song for Sandy. She'd just come off a big hit with always something there to remind me, mm -hmm. I think. Yes. And, and so Dad and Gordon were working together and Gordon had had the idea of, of a song called It's Not Unusual and he'd, he'd got the first couple of bars. He and Dad finished the song, needed to get it to Sandy very quickly, so they asked Tom to do the demo recording, which he did. They took it along to Sandy's manager and she hated it. And she said it would never be a hit. It wasn't for <laughs> Sandy and it would never be a hit. And she had a very important client in her office who was a penny whistle man. And she, she sort of more or less threw dad and Gordon out of the office and said, you know, I'm really busy, off you go. Tom was absolutely certain that he wanted to record that song. So they took him to Decca Records who immediately offered him a recording contract. They went into the studio, they recorded It's Not Unusual, and the rest is history. It went to number one, and um, that was his first number one. So you can credit Sandy Shaw with Tom Jones' Absolutely, success. absolutely. <laughs> well, when, when um, because Evie had kept a copy of the demo, and she did play it to Sandy, and Sandy said to her, whoever is singing that demo is the one that should be releasing mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. So... Um, but that, uh, just before Dad died, he received an award for over 5 million airplays in America of It's Not Unusual, just in America alone. So um, that was a, a lovely accolade. That was from uh, BMI. It is. And according to the BMI website, 3 million mm. plays represent 17 years of continued plays. That's uh, right. <laughs> uh, 5 million would represent well over 20 years of continued plays. <laughs> Exactly. I think we get a bit bored of it if we yeah. listen to it constantly yeah. on the loop. It's on all unusual all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, it's yeah. been a great song. During 1964, Reed penned It's Not Unusual with ex-Viscounts member and Tom Jones's manager Gordon Mills, which was Jones's debut recording and gave him a UK number one hit. Reed also arranged the song and played the piano for the recording. Here is an unreleased arrangement of It's Not Unusual with Tom Jones, which later led to the hit single release. It's not unusual to see me cry, I want to die. It's not unusual to go out at any time. But when I see you out and about, it's such a crime. If you should ever want to be loved by anyone, 
It's not unusual, it happens every day. No matter what you say, you find it happens all the time. Love will never do what you want it to. Why can't this crazy love be One of the more curious renditions of It's Not Unusual was performed by Mexican pop singer Vicky Carr on her 1968 Liberty album Don't Break My Pretty Balloon, produced by Dave Pell and Ron Bledsoe, with arrangement by Bob Florence. It's not unusual to be loved not unusual to have fun with anyone but when I see you hanging about with anyone it's not unusual to see me cry oh I wanna die it's not unusual to go out at any time But when I see you out and about It's such a crime If you should ever want to be loved by anyone It's not unusual It happens every day No matter what you say happens all the time Love will never do What you want it to Why can't this crazy love be mine It's not unusual It's not unusual to be sad with anyone But if I ever find that you've changed at any time It's not unusual to find that I'm in love Not unusual I 
Your dad, along with Barry Mason, also wrote one of my favorite Les Reed tunes, The Last Waltz, and yeah. that became a million seller both in the UK and over here in 1967, I think, with Engelbert yeah. Humperdinck, and that made a star out of Jerry Dorsey, who was Engelbert Humperdinck. He'd had a hit with Release Me before then. Oh, was that right? Um, at the start of his career. But obviously Engelbert was managed by Gordon Mills, who also managed Tom. So he introduced Dad to, to Engelbert. They had toured together when Dad was with the John Barry Seven and Engelbert was Jerry Dorsey, so he knew him anyway. Sure. And then, you know, it, it, it was a team behind Engelbert and Tom, and it was a great few years of sort of production and, and, and hit. You did ask me what the, the story behind The Last Force was. During a writing session with Barry, Dad was telling him that during the Second World War, when his father was away with the British Armed Forces, his mother and her, a few of her friends used to go to a little dance in a hall at the end of their road on a Sunday. And Dad, as a young boy, would be listening at the window for the band to strike up the last song of the afternoon because he knew that once that was finished, his mum would be back and she would be cooking their tea. So Dad was relaying this story to Barry just in just in sort of general chat. And Barry looked at him and said, we have got to write the ultimate last waltz of the <laughs> evening. And that's how it came about. And I'm sure it's played at a lot of weddings too, as the last waltz. <laughs> I think so. We, we do get lots of requests for sheet music for weddings, funerals. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's nice that it's still played anyway. It's lovely. Should I go or should I stay? The band had only one more song to play And then I saw you at the corner of my eye A little girl alone and so shy going strong Through the good and bad we get along And then the flame of love died in your eyes My heart was broken too when you said goodbye
As a postscript to the last waltz, Les Reed had a framed photo sitting proudly on his grand piano, jointly signed by none other than Richard Rogers and Oscar Hammerstein inscribed, To Les, may the last waltz last forever. Such high praise from two music legends. With Barry Mason, they wrote in 68, Delilah, and that, again, was another top ten hit for Tom Jones. Absolutely. Uh, now, that, uh, I understand, was originally written for P.J. Proby. That's right, and P.J. hated it. He did record it, and he hated it. It wasn't released then. I do believe it was released fairly recently on a, an album that he put out. They put his version on there, but he really didn't like the song. So Tom released it, and... Did quite well with it really sure um, did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. we 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 go to the uh the rugby in wales uh, occasionally with some good friends and delilah is the unofficial welsh rugby anthem oh, right. so you can imagine being in the in the, the stadium there before the match and you've got seventy thousand people singing delilah, delilah. which is fabulous absolutely fabulous gee if it's, you could get royalties from each of those folks that would be uh... <laughs> be nice we, we just had um they've, they've dedicated a seat to dad in the stadium because of his contribution with with delilah so oh, for uh, sakes. oh isn't that interesting which is lovely yeah so, so that's nice here is les reed and his orchestra and delilah
in 68, I've Got My Eyes on You, was written by your dad and Jackie Ray and yeah. recorded by Petula Clark, Ray Conop, and the Vogues. The original version, uh, Connie Francis recorded Kiss Me Goodbye. She on, did, On yes. her album, Connie Francis Sings the Songs of Les Reed. Yeah. Which your dad was the producer and pianist, I understand. Yes, that's right. Yes, he was. They recorded the backing tracks in London at Dad's West Sound Studios and then put Connie's voice on some of the tracks in London and some in New York. Did I hear you say that you attended the recording session with Connie Francis? We went to New York with Dad. We didn't actually go to the, the recording studio then. Well, you would we, have we much preferred to tour around New York, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was a bit young then to, to sort of really enjoy the uh, the shopping, but it was a lovely visit anyway. We we enjoyed it. And Connie was lovely. She's she's a lovely lady. She is. Yes. Uh, yes, she really is. Yes, but it's a lovely album. And again, I've got a colleague here who's very much trying to to ha to get that re-released, which I think will be wonderful. We're keeping everything crossed anyway because it's a lovely album. I know I know Connie would like it to be re-released. Beautiful album, and will feature a lifetime of love. Lovely. And a gorgeous arrangement, too. You stepped on the overnight train I looked in your but just couldn't find the words to ease your pain And deep down I knew that I'd never see you again I stood there and waved you goodbye My heart wasn't sad I thought I'd forget about you by and by but now that you're gone, I sit here alone and I cry. Cause I gave up a lifetime of love. The moment I let you go, that moment so Always the same The skies are all cloudy And the sun won't shine When I said goodbye I must have been out of my mind Cause I gave up a lifetime of love The moment I let you go
The late English comedian, singer and television presenter Des O'Connor released a Les Reed and Barry Mason composition in 1968 entitled I Pretend. The recording was arranged and conducted by Jeff Love and produced by Norman Newell. The song reached number one in the UK and stayed on top of the charts for several weeks. Here is I Pretend. Sitting here so lonely in the firelight Listening for a footstep on the stairs All I have to talk to is the moonlight Shining on an empty chair So I'll pretend your loving arms are reaching out for me Yes, I'll pretend And though my eyes are closed, I still can see As I pretend The world is new and like it used to be And till then I'll just pretend Something made her change, what could it be now? Wish I knew exactly what I'd done If there's someone else, I'll set you free now Yes, I've lost and he has won So I'll pretend Your loving arms are reaching out for me Yes, I'll pretend And though my eyes are closed, I still can see As I pretend the world is new and like it used to be one day our love must end till then I'll just pretend one day our love must end till then I'll just Bing Crosby had a big hit in his later years in 1975 with That's What Life Is All About. The music was originally composed by Les Reed with lyrics by Peter Dacre. Bing later rewrote the lyrics himself along with Ken Barnes. Author Jeff Littlefield called it a fitting My Way style song for probably the most successful popular singer 
of the 20th century. The song was produced by Ken Barnes and recorded with the Pete Moore Orchestra. It was published by Donna Music and released on the United Artists label. Here is Bing Crosby singing That's What Life Is All About. Life is like an open book And as I glance back through the pages I see the chances I often took Though I was never too courageous Life's never easy all the time the hills you climb often lead nowhere Of ups and downs, I've had my share That's what life is all about I've known success some mild acclaim And thinking of it gives me pleasure And I've had some stress The scars remain When Lady Luck gave me short measure When things went wrong I'd fake a smile but that's my style Cause I've been around And having been around I've found That's what life is all about It's been a joy I can't deny Though some may think I took things lightly But man and boy, I looked on high And never failed to thank him nightly When I look back, I can't forget The friends I've met and the things they've done I thank them all It's been great fun As for me I have no doubt That's what life That's what life is all about. More great music from the Elevator Club with Gord Bibby. We return to The Music of Les Reed with special guest Donna Reed in conversation with Elevator Club host Gord Bibby 
recorded on February 2022. What are your favorite or is your favorite Les Reed composition? Apart from Donna's theme. And I guess that's when that's your dad was with the John Barry Seven, I guess, eh? When he wrote that? That's right. So that was the year I was born, which was um, 1961. And the John Barry Seven recorded it, obviously, with, with Dad on piano. But Dad had just started a new publishing company called Donna Music. And they used um, a, a photograph of me as a young child as a, a logo. Like the, like the um, Gerber baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Donna's theme was actually the first copyright placed with Donna Music. But yeah, no, it's 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 cute. I love it. Well, so uh, what's it like to have to be immortalized with a song written by your dad? <laughs> it's wonderful. And I mean, he also wrote a beautiful song and a wedding march for when I got married, which was really, really special. So I've been very, very lucky. Really, you know, really special to have your dad's music as you walk down the aisle have a song sung for you, you and your husband. So that was lovely. I think so many songs to choose from, but probably two of my favourites of Dad's are I'm Coming Home and Malcolm Roberts' Love Is All. I don't know if you know that song. Oh, um, Love Is All. Oh, my God. So I have a very special memory um, of Love Is All back in 1969. The song was chosen to represent the UK in the, the Rio International Song Festival. So... I was lucky enough to go out with my mum and dad and Barry Mason and Malcolm Roberts to Rio. And Malcolm was, a, apart from having a wonderful voice, he was a very, very handsome man. The Brazilians fell madly in love with him and wanted the song to win the festival. So it was held in a football stadium in, um, in Rio and there were about 40,000 people in the audience. Dad was conducting the orchestra, Malcolm sang the song beautifully and the Brazilians wanted him to win. The Japanese judge made a mistake with the voting system and we came third. And the 40,000 crowd spent 20 minutes stamping, screaming, rioting because they wanted us to win. So my mum and I were, were backstage and in those days you didn't have screens backstage so we didn't know what was going on we could just hear this horrific noise from the stadium and it was all these people just demonstrating because they wanted us to win the festival which was lovely but it was quite frightening as well anyway the song eventually went to number one Malcolm moved out there he became a huge huge star yeah but it's just it's a lovely memory having sort of witnessed that I still get goosebumps when I see the video there was a video of the performance on YouTube and it still makes me you know it's given me gives me goosebumps it was uh, amazing I'm sure 40,000 people sort of in your in your court so to speak <laughs> absolutely and and the funny thing was it was a, a Brazilian artist that actually won the festival but they they just wanted Malcolm to win but we we were treated like VIPs we had police um, motorcycle cavalcades wherever we went and uh, it was lovely it was, it was a real experience <laughs> Yesterday, I knew the games to play. I thought I knew the way life was meant to be. And now there's you. 
my foolish games are through. Now at last I have found just what makes this old world turn around. Until the morning light shines into your eyes, love me now. We'll get along somehow. Won't you please take my hand and together forever we'll stay. Les Reed produced a 1978 album on the Polydor label in which he arranged and conducted the International Pop Proms Orchestra entitled Rhapsody. Songs included forays into the classics genre, including Tchaikovsky's Pathétique and Elgar's Nimrod Enigma Variations, Opus 36.
Nimrod. Yes. Yes. Uh, which I understand was played at Prince Philip's funeral. That's right. I don't think it was his dad's recording. Now, Nimrod Enigma Variations, Opus 36, that was written by Elgar. Elgar, so, that's right, yeah. yes. Standard. It's a beautiful piece of music. Asked me if he was aware of the impact of his oh, yes, song yes, on. Yes. He was very much a backroom boy. He preferred to be, you know, not known. And whereas, you know, you've got other sort of singer-songwriters that everyone knows of. But he preferred to sort of keep it quiet. And after my mum died, he um, he discovered Facebook. Mm. And yeah, which. I had to keep a very close eye on obviously what he was putting on there <laughs> but it was it was lovely for me because he very quickly connected with a lot of his fans and he 
couldn't believe how much they loved his music and his songs have been, you know, the background of their lives. Um, and it was, as he was getting older, it was so lovely for him to hear that and actually recognize that his work had, you know, sort of had such an amazing effect on people's lives in one way or another. And that to me was my dad because he wasn't, he was never blasé about what he did. He was very um, modest. Very, very modest. And it was so lovely to get these for him, to have these accolades for people from people, you know, that would just message him and say, yeah, we played your song when my daughter was being born or, you know, we, and he loved that. Um, and that to me, it was, it was so nice to, to see him experience that, you know, in later life, because he'd never really had that before. So, you know, it was such a good thing to me that he, he, he discovered Facebook, for sure, I think. For sure, yeah. Well, <laughs> so and, that was and so well-deserved. And I, I, I'm happy that he was able to experience that as well. Thank you. we talk a little bit about his, his publishing business, is it, that you're involved with? Yeah, well, back in the 80s, he signed to a large publisher and he was a bit fed up and wanted to start his own publishing company again. So he asked me if I wanted to work with him. So I did. So we published all of anything that he wrote from the 80s onwards. Still have that company. But now, since he's passed away, I, I also look after his writer's portion of royalties from other publishers. Mm -hmm. So we, we've started another company to sort of house those copyrights as well. And that includes, you know, film scores, musicals, all of his hits. So it's a busy time, but it's lovely. It's, I love being able to represent his works. You know, he's he's written so much over the years, thousands of copyrights so it's a very busy time a lot of material that hasn't been heard and I would really like to work that material and, and get it out there and get it heard no plans for retirement for me quite yet <laughs> well it must be some comfort to you to actually be working so close to your dad's work yeah, yeah before he died he was working on his autobiography and I promised him that I would finish it or we would finish it the last couple of years has been such a busy time, you know, with everything that has to be sorted out, obviously after someone passes away. And I haven't been in the right frame of mind really to revisit the book, but I'm just starting to sort of feel strong enough, I guess, to to go back to it and 
and finish it for him, which I know he wanted me to do. So yeah, that would be the, that's the next sort of thing on the agenda. But yes, it does make me feel does really help. You know, I, I just feel he and my mum are very much around. I think I've got so much of their their bits and pieces in my house. It's mm -hmm. it's it definitely helps. Yes. Mm -hmm. One thing I noticed. His smile just could light up a room, I'm sure. Absolutely. He just had the most amazing smile. He really did, and he was a very unassuming man. He was he was such a kind man um, and such a thoughtful man, and everybody loved him. He um, he had an effect on on everyone that he met. You know, he mm -hmm. was he was lovely, really, really lovely. I was very lucky for his daughter. He was he was a wonderful dad and and a wonderful boss when I worked for him later on. <laughs> Leslie David Reed, songwriter, musician, composer, conductor, arranger, producer and record label owner, died at age 83 on April 15th, 2019. There was a wonderful funeral to celebrate his remarkable life and career at St. Bartholomew's Church, Rogert, West Sussex, followed by a lovely reception afterward at Southwood Manor. The church was crammed with family and friends including daughter Donna and grandsons Alex and Dom. Many were celebrated singers and musicians themselves, Sir Tim Rice, Justin Hayward, Mike Batt, Roger Greenaway, Madeline Bell, PJ Proby, Dave Clark, Mitch Murray, and many more. It was a testament to the creative genius and humility of this wonderful man. His music will continue to entertain, soothe and console for generations to come.
I hope you enjoyed the first part of The Music of Less Reed with special guest Donna Reed in conversation with Elevator Club host Gord Bibby. For the remainder of the program, I invite you to relax to more music of Les Reed, featuring his orchestra, as well as interpretations of his music by other performers, beginning with Engelbert Humperdinck and Les Bicyclettes de Belizees. Turn your magic 
And now, back to more relaxing sounds on Elevator Club. Three. 
You are listening to the beautiful music of Elevator Club.
During the past two sets, we heard Connie Francis and Three Good Reasons, composed by Les Reed, with lyrics by Jeff Stevens. We also heard Les Reed and his orchestra with Antonio Carlos Jobim's Meditation. Les Reed and his orchestra also played Bert Kempfert's Strangers in the Night, and we started the set off with Engelbert Humperdinck and Les Bicyclettes de Belsies. During the final set, Les Reed, his orchestra, and the Eddie Lester singers with On Days Like These, as well as Les Reed and his orchestra with one of his own compositions, If We Lived on a Mountaintop. Canada's Jerry Toth and his orchestra played I've Got My Eyes on You, and Les Reed's orchestra played More. Tom Jones sang I'm Coming Home. Les Reed and his orchestra rounded out the set with Autumn Leaves. I hope you enjoyed this very special edition of Elevator Club, The Music of Les Reed. I'd like to extend a sincere thanks to Jeff Littlefield for his assistance, and especially to Les Reed's daughter, Donna. Donna Reed, you were most gracious in supporting this project, and I hope it was worthy of fostering your dad's legacy as one of the great stewards and contributors of pop music. This is Gord Bibby asking you to join me next time when I'll present some of the most beautiful and relaxing music you're unlikely to hear just about anywhere else on Elevator Club. Have a great day, a great week, and remember to always take it easy.